everyone and welcome back to Presenting Pixie Dust. I'm Elizabeth Carr. And I'm Brett Harvey. And we are joined today by friend of the show, um, our very first guest ever, who's yeah, yeah. come back again to talk to us, so it mustn't have been that terrible, <laughs> um, the wonderful Emily Rose. Hello, everyone. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so if you have been listening to the show for a while, you would know that Emily was is my sister, first of all, first yes. and foremost, yes. and also was our guest on our Lizzie McGuire movie episode. <laughs> lowest rated episode. <laughs> lowest rated movie. Not the lowest, Not rated, the lowest episode. rated episode. The episode was fine. <laughs> Look, I don't know how that happened. I don't know how I let that happen. It wasn't as bad. As we made it set. No, because we love the Lizzie McGuire movie. Yeah. It's excellent. Yes. You probably love it in spirit, but once you started to analyse it, you went, oh, hang on. No, I maintain that the whole movie would not have happened if there was more than one teacher on that trip. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the whole thing would not have happened. Yeah. Yeah. I thought nostalgia would bump it up at least to, like, second last on the list. (laughs) Apparently not. Apparently not. But it is an excellent movie. We were just too critical. We were too critical. We get like that sometimes. We might have been having a bad day. I don't know. Yeah. These things happen. But we're not here to talk about the Lizzie McGuire movie today. (laughs) Although we could do another full episode on the Lizzie McGuire movie. We are talking about uh, the 1997 animated classic Hercules. 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 And Emily was hell-bent on coming on to talk about this one. Adamant. Tell me why. Because it is the best. <laughs> it is. We said that about Lizzie McGuire too. And then, <laughs> and then I don't a think I said Lizzie McGuire was the best. But Hercules is so fun and it is my favourite animated film. Or at least it was for a long time until Frozen came out. And now it sure. is very hard to pick between the two. Yes. But this yeah. is an excellent. Have you seen Encanto? Just yes. out of curiosity. Yeah. Okay, what did you think of Encanto? Um, I wasn't into it. Really? Like, yeah. Stop it right now. It was fine, Get but I, I, my expectations were very high. Okay. And yeah. I think those high expectations were not met. Like, right. I did not have a bad time, and I would yep. watch it again, but I was expecting Frozen level, and it did not. Nothing did is not Frozen level, no. I don't think. Frozen is just... That's it. It's unbeatable. It's like, okay, we can go home now. (laughs) We've we've had Frozen. That's it. Pretty much. All right. All right. We ready for some facts and some stats? Yeah, yeah. Excellent. So this movie premiered on June 13th, 1997. It has a runtime of 93 minutes and is currently rated 7.3 on IMDb and 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. And those are pretty good scores. I thought that it wasn't going to be as high. Well, if you think about 7.5 being about average for a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. 7.3 is not too bad. No. But it's, I'd almost say that's a bit low. I would think that's low. Mm. Yeah. Well, there's there were some um, interesting opinions on this movie, mm. for, like critically, because I think it's excellent. But critically, when it came out, there were some interesting opinions. But we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. All right. So fun fact number one, this is the 35th Disney animated feature film and yeah. the eighth animated film produced during the Disney Renaissance. So for those of you that aren't sure what the Disney Renaissance is, is it was a period in the late 80s um, and 90s where Disney started to produce critically and um, commercially popular movies Mm. again after a long stretch of not doing that. So that's when we had our movies like The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Tarzan, Lilo and Stitch which is, you know, not rated really highly on the the Disney Renaissance (laughs) level, but, you know, these, these movies that came out during this time. Um, and yes, so Hercules was number eight in that in that yeah, there time. You go. Mm-hmm. How many were there? Ten. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, ten movies. It's the second 
second to last. Nope, third, like eight, nine, ten. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, fun fact number two. While the movie is about Greek myths, Hercules is actually the protagonist's Roman name. Heracles is his Greek name. There you go. Yeah, you're reading my fun facts over my shoulder. Stop looking at them. Normally I'm on the other side <laughs> you of have the to blind react for it. What are you doing? <laughs> so, um, oh my god. <laughs> what was his name? Hercules. Heracles. Heracles. Because Hera is his mum. Yeah, okay. Heracles. So Heracles. But that's yeah. his real name. That's his Greek that's his name. Greek Greek Hercules name. is his Roman name. Why was it Oh, Roman. Those bloody pesky Romans changed it. <laughs> Not well. They have like just different names for things. Yeah. Okay. Like the Greek gods and the Roman gods are the same, but they have different names. I guess it's good because you know you can turn Hercules into Herc. Yes. Um. But you, if you had Heracles, it would be Hera, which doesn't have the same ring. Or Herc. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, anyway, fun fact number three. Moving on. Um, so a lot of my facts here are about people that didn't audition or <laughs> were supposed to get roles and didn't. Am or... I included in that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Danny DeVito actually declined to audition for Phil initially. Really? So there's a whole list of people that did audition for him. I'm going to read you their names. Oh, Ed Asner. Ernest Borgnine, don't know who that is, Bob Hoskins, Joe Pesci, Martin Scorsese, John Rhys-Davies, Ray Winston, Robert De Niro, Peter O'Toole, Jerry Stiller, he would have been great at being Phil, John Cusack, Mel Brooks, also would have been great, Bill Murray, could you imagine Bill Murray's voice? Yeah. In Phil, anyway. Steve Martin, yeah. Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, Jason Alexander, uh, Al Pacino, and Dick Lasseter. They were all brought in to read for the part. Really? Yes. And after Red Buttons had auditioned, he left stating, I know what you're going to do. You're going to give this part to Danny DeVito. <laughs> and shortly after, the directors and producer approached DeVito at a pasta lunch during the filming of Matilda, yeah. where Danny DeVito signed on to do the role. So Here he didn't audition. They just went to him and said, here you go. Please be Phil. Yeah. And he went, yeah, all right. So he didn't want to audition for it. Well, but... you're Danny DeVito. You don't need to audition for things. Can well, we just take a step back to Martin Scorsese? <laughs> yes. Martin Scorsese. I can't. I don't know that I've ever heard Martin Scorsese no. speak. So I don't no. know. He auditioned. That's strange. Like, can, yeah, that's, that's Maybe he was bar. just like According a friend According to this the... fact on IMDb <laughs> that I've read, like, he auditioned. I don't even think I've seen Martin Scorsese in, like, a performance-based role. I don't even think I could pick Martin Scorsese out of a lineup if I saw him. Oh, uh, no, I think I could, but only in the context of, like, directing Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was thinking as well. I think you can tell from the list, though, they were really looking for a big name to do that role. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to be... It doesn't look like they were going to pick a no-name for that. That's a good point. I didn't think you of know, that. So, like, some of those names there were huge at the time, like Bill Murray, Steve Martin, Dan Aykroyd. Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase had all come off with huge movies at that time mm-hmm. of, you know, what was it, 1997? 97, yeah. So, you know, they were huge names. Um, so they must have been wanting to, to you know, pull in the audience with um, big-name actors. Well, in all of these movies during this sort of renaissance period, there was one big-name like hmm. voice, yeah. Oh yeah. Like they, I didn't even think of that until right now when I was when you just said that. It's there, a selling was, point. Yeah, it's there all was about always marketing. one big, yeah. one big name that yeah. they would bring in for it. Yep. And then the rest, it you know, they could cast people that probably were and more suited. Yeah, yeah, more suited for the role. Well, you know, the thing I always say about um, you know the big actors in Hollywood, if you look really closely at them, 
is almost all of them have a very unique voice. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be the best looking in the world. They don't even have to be the best actors or actresses. But they, but they all, the ones that are successful, all have very unique voices, and you can tell who they are just by the voice. Yeah. And that's really important, obviously, when you're looking at movies with voiceovers, um, that you want those those voices to be, you know, authentic and um, and you know, different. Mm-hmm, definitely. Mm. There are a few people that I just think I hear their voice, and I'm just transported back to being like eight. Yeah. Tom Hanks. His voice, mm. I just I hear him, and I'm just like, whoa, Susan Sarandon as yeah. well. Her voice is so just sticks out in my brain. And I don't know if when we were kids, Emmy, if we just watched a lot of movies that yes. had that had these particular <laughs> actors in them. Yes, we because did. it's just the, I just hear these voices, and I go, it's like a punch in the stomach. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm eight years old again. Mm. I feel the same with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yep, uh, Meryl Streep, Robin Williams, Robin Williams, yeah. absolutely. Even Oprah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's where, you know, like, you know. Sally I know, Field does yeah, it to me as well. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'll tell you what, like, if you compare it to someone who's been in the news a lot lately, you know, Captain Jack Sparrow, mm. um, Johnny Depp, he, he changes his voice for the roles so much that I don't even know if I know what his, his real voice sounds mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, like, you couldn't pick it. Whereas Danny DeVito... His voice oh, is the same every one. single yeah. time that, you know, every single time he does, he's just his natural voice is so unique that it doesn't need any alteration, doesn't yeah. need any, um, you know, play up or embellishment. It just is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of voices, fun fact number four, that was a great segue. Yeah. <laughs> the role of Hades is one of James Wood's all-time favourite characters. So much so, anytime Disney needs him to reprise the character for any cartoon show and video game, such as um, Hercules, like the 1998 sort of... Cartoon uh, series. Yeah. yeah. Um, or Kingdom Hearts, he has agreed to do so. When this film was about to go over budget, he offered to refund his salary and finish the film for free. Disney decided against this and finished the film anyway. So that's how much he cared about this character. He's so good, though. He is so fun. Because I can totally understand why he would have wanted to do that. It would have been so easy to go the other way with Hades to make him really like almost Jafari, really like sort of deep and scary and like slow speaking, but this sort of frantic, frenetic, you know, hype high energy character that's just it's just brilliant yeah so good agree do you have any other facts about um voice actors um i I have one other fact about some voices but they're later okay (laughs) so we'll come back to them yeah um but it was people that didn't do voices rather than ones that actually did (laughs) (laughs) so so far of all those names you've only actually mentioned two that have done the voices yes correct (laughs) i'm about to mention another group that didn't do voices okay okay, that's coming all right let's do it all right so fun fact number five hades says relax it's only half time right in the middle of the movie really yeah that's cool yeah (laughs) that's great timing yes um fun fact number six in i won't say i'm in love the music take on the same shape of the busts in Disney's Haunted Mansion ride. So if you see a picture of, and maybe we'll do a side-by-side on on the, I was going to say on the Instagram, because I'm 100 (laughs) years old, on Instagram where we can see the the comparison between the busts in the Haunted Mansion ride and the busts that they take on in that song. Uh, Fun fact number seven, I thought this was really interesting. When the fates tell Hades that the planets will align in 18 years, only six planets are shown. Only five planets were known, excluding Earth, in ancient times, as they were the only ones that could be seen with the naked eye. There you go. So that's why there's only... Six, six in that, or yeah. five in that, um, yeah, five yeah, in that six group in that of alignment, yeah, yeah. And lucky last fun fact number eight 
the Spice Girls were originally approached <laughs> to portray the muses following an invitation to sing one of the songs but declined the offer due to scheduling conflicts. Wow. I'm glad they did. Yeah. Because I can't... No, nah, I think it works super well the way it is. Yeah. 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 I think in, like, a post, uh, like, metaverse concept of the world, all I'm imagining is now is, like, the universes in which these versions of Hercules <laughs> <laughs> The universes in which, like, the the Spice Girls play the muses yep. and Martin Scorsese <laughs> is filmed. <laughs> <laughs> and how I wish I could watch those versions as well. I wonder if there is screen You can imagine it, couldn't you? Like, oh, maybe. if you want to be my hero, you got to get with the film. I don't think that we can afford for you to get anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I wonder if on YouTube there's yeah. there's clips of any of these auditions. So I have to look. Is for that it. all your fun facts? Yeah, that's it. I'm so I wanted to jump in since we talked so much about voice actors. Yeah. Um, Zeus, the voice of Zeus is played by Rip Torn, and he... I always thought that that was a fake name. Is that a fake name? <laughs> it's that his must stage be. name. Um, and is that on his? That's not on his birth certificate, yeah. I don't know. Rip torn. You'll have to ask him. I will next time I Get see him. Get on the Instagrams. Oh, <laughs> send him a DM. Um, I will. But anyway, Rip torn. Uh, for those who don't know, um, is uh, from a great movie called Dodgeball. So whenever I hear his voice, I think of. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he throws I, the wrench at the guy. I didn't know that he was in touch. He's the guy in the he... wheelchair. Yeah. Right. He's the he's like the coach. Huh. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't know that. Um, a brilliant, brilliant actor. Yeah. That's a great movie too. Yeah. Not a Disney movie, so we can't review that one. But um. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. So shall we get into? Shall we get into this? Yeah, yeah. What a brilliant start to a movie. Excellent. <laughs> what a banger. Yeah, excellent. I really loved how they contrast, like, the is it Rip Torn narrating at the start? Um, what, there is a narrator. I don't. I was trying to think of that. I wrote narrator, but I didn't write down who it was. I think was. it might be Rip Torn. It might be. I reckon yeah. it is. But even yeah, yeah. regardless of who it is, I really like how they um, juxtapose, like, the old Grecian museum with, like, these... Mm like excellent gospel singing music. Sassy. I wrote sassy gospel singers. Yeah, yeah. They're just fantastic. And it's like the perfect way to introduce the audience to the, co- like how the movie is going to be in that it might be a Greek myth, but it's not going to be the Greek myths that you're, you might be expect to be used to seeing. Not sort of dry and, you know, um, what's the word? Stuffy. Yeah. Dry and stuffy. They're really kind of, you know, it's 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 woke. Uh, it's actually, woke. <laughs> I think they would have been describing it as woke. The in Instagram and it's well, that woke. word that word didn't exist twenty years ago. Um, but you know what I wrote down? Very little shop of horrors with the you know the background singers that yeah, do the, the yeah, do the narrating every now and again. Mm-hmm. They they yeah. tell part of the story. Well, I guess um, that's like a fundamental part of uh, Greek plays. Is you always have the chorus that mm. helps to narrate the story along, and they. They just happen to also be gospel singers in yeah. this version. Um, can I tell you a funny, you, Brett, you're going to have no idea what I'm talking about, but Emily will. Um, so when I was in year 12 um, in my drama class, my fabulous drama teacher, Nina Rossini, came in one day. Uh, it's <laughs> like, like 2004, right? Yeah. Uh, she comes in one day and she goes, I saw the best movie <laughs> on the weekend. I was with, I think she was with her nieces and nephews or something. And just like... 
Nina, for anyone who's homeless, is like this five foot nothing little Italian woman who was fabulous and we loved her. Um, but she comes, I saw the best movie on the weekend and we all have to sit down and watch it. And we sat down and watched Hercules, bunch of year 12s, because she was obsessed with the muses and the yeah. way that they helped to push the story mm. along. And she said it was such, an, uh, such a brilliant dramatic device that was used then and is used so often in theatre now, is having these sort of um, characters that sort of sit outside of the story but help to push it along. Mm. Yeah. Um, and we get the whole backstory through these muses. We get the story of the Titans and Zeus and um, and it's the gospel truth. And yeah. before we Do you know it took me until watching it this morning to realise that it's the gospel truth because they're singing in gospel style. Yeah. We watched the movie with um, <laughs> so long. We watched it. We watched the movie because I'm old and I watch everything with subtitles on. And we watched the movie with subtitles and I've got so many more jokes in the song that yeah. I missed all, <laughs> all of these years. I'm like, oh, that's really smart. The yeah. way that they a lot did of wordplay. Yeah, a lot of wordplay. Um, and then we jump onto the top of Mount Olympus and we're introduced to all of the gods. Zeus and the gods. Yeah. Do you know um, what I've found was there's a lot of, you know, that really kind of gets you up to speed storytelling, like you said, introducing the Titans and the other characters and that, which we see in a lot of these other really top movies. Mm-hmm. Is they that it's almost like a montage at the start where they go really quickly into this is all the people, this is a situation um, before giving us the story that we're really talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we see that in a lot of a lot of them, like Raya and the Last Dragon, mm-hmm. and yeah, um, so many of them where they where they really set us up very quickly in the first few minutes. And Kanto was like that and too. And then they let the rest mm-hmm. of it play out slowly. Yeah. yeah, and it works really well here. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we have – there's so many jokes in this as well, like since Narcissus discovered himself and all of those things. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think that what's interesting about this movie is that stylistically compared to other Disney movies of the time, it looks very different. It yeah. does. The animation style is very different, and that was one of the um, critiques that a lot of a lot of people had was that it looks so different. It's very much looks like ancient Greek statues. Yeah. The way that the characters are drawn and the proportions and everything. It's just like if you compare this to something like Aladdin, mm. where it's a very um a much more naturalistic way of animating. Whereas this is all really weird um angles and weird proportions and all that sort of thing as well. Yeah, what was that um movie we watched about the llama? The king, oh, oh, um, you grew. Yeah. So, in I think it's very similar in that respect. Yeah. The, the mm-hmm. styling of the of the artwork matches the, I guess the history of the place that yeah. they're talking about. You know, yeah, absolutely. that was from South America, and mm-hmm. you know that sort of Aztec type of stuff. So, the a lot of that imagery, a lot of that style of um, you know construction and art is in the in the movie. Mm-hmm. And this, yeah, to me, it was probably not my favorite. I'm probably one of those crit- critics that one of marked it lower for that reason. I, I really didn't, didn't really like it. Didn't appeal to me. You the style it. of it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. not not the movie and the story itself, just the movie style. and the and, the, and, the, and the, everything else is brilliant. I'd rate it, rate it very high, but there was just something about the animation that I wasn't. It didn't gel with what I liked personally. Okay. So I could see where they're coming from with that, and I could see that it being very very different from other movies at the time mm-hmm. and other animations at the time, yeah. In fact, this, like, probably in some ways it reminds me of sort of almost like Looney Tunes cartoons and, okay. and some of the some of the sequences. And, look, you know, it's 
you, you, I can't give it too much stick because you know you're talking about mythical creatures here so there's a lot yeah, of creative yeah. license you can have with that they don't have to be perfectly human you know they can they can be other things but yeah it was just a style that I, I didn't quite gel with well it's interesting because the how they animate the people characters in mm. the movie um, is very different to how they animate the Hercules and the gods. So when when you see like the residents of Thebes, for example, yes. um, they look very uh, more traditional Disney sort of animation. Mm. Whereas Hercules, but even Meg too, for um, she's she's very angular. She's got those pointed cheekbones and that pointy nose. And, yeah. Um, and everything. She's almost like a faux Disney princess. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But Hercules, yeah, has a very, like, sort of square, angular features, yeah. whereas the other characters, and so do the gods up on Olympus. They're, like, distorted sort of people versions. Yeah. They're either really wide or really stretched out or really, you know. I'm and, going and, to say yeah. something controversial. Yeah. Going, oh, please. And that is that I think Hercules and Sleeping Beauty are, like, sister or, like, sibling movies, both in their stylism. Like, the mm. way that Megara is drawn is really similar to the way that Sleeping Beauty is drawn yeah. with the angles and like the curls. I mean, like the the spirals in her hair and things mm-hmm. like that. And also, as I was watching this, I realized that like the whole kind of opening sequence of Baby Hercules and I wrote this down. Did too. you really? I did. I wrote. Um, what did I write? Hades arrives, Maleficent vibes. Literally, <laughs> yes. I never like I never put two and two together before. But as I was watching, I was like, this is exactly the same as the opening to Sleeping Beauty. Mm. Like you have the um, celebration, kind of celebration yep. the constituents bearing gifts. You yep. have the Maleficent vibes of like the evil one comes in and because yep. there's a prophecy, they have to then try and kill the baby, but then yep. the baby gets smuggled into live with humans. So then they're kind of hidden until they're old enough. Yep. I'm just watching. And then the whole rest of the movie, I was like, hey, have, is this... <laughs> is this just Sleeping Beauty? <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I think that they're yeah. so similar and i had never put that together until i rewatched it today yeah we do see that a bit though don't, don't we with um with characters that are displaced from their family and and they're they're lacking that personal understanding of their of their own history mm-hmm. you know uh, even though we, we as an audience understand it yeah. they they don't and so they're always searching for something and Is in that- this case he's searching for you know what it, what it means to be a hero yeah. and he's trying to find his way back up once he finds out who his parents because are, because he he doesn't actually care back. about being a hero. He just wants to be back, back where with he his belongs. Families. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, there is a um, not to get too academic on you. Go on, there is a uh, <laughs> there's a book called The Hero's Journey. I think yeah. it's called by a guy called Joseph Campbell, and he essentially tells the story of the monomyth and how a lot of stories, fairy tale stories, and um, even pop culture stories fit really neatly into this idea of like the hero progressing through their journey and part yeah. of that a really key part of that is um having to oh there you go <laughs> we're so on the he same has a, page he Brent... has a diagram of his life <laughs> just pulled up a diagram of the hero's journey so um what shall we segue into that go on G, oh, tell yeah, us yeah. about so the hero's it, journey so it, it starts with a, um the first part of it is a, a call to adventure so i guess in this um in this story of hercules he becomes aware of his um, parents. Yeah. So there's that call to adventure. Um, so a, he's got to become a hero. That's his call to adventure. Yeah. There's a, yeah. Su- the second part is there's a supernatural aid. Would and, that be Phil? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Phil. And so Pegasus. this is all part of the known stuff. And yeah. then there's the unknown. So there's a threshold that they get to where they have to 
there's a beginning of a transformation. So you could say that once he starts to fight, once he starts to train with Phil, there's a transformation that goes on there where he develops the skills necessary to defeat the evils. Yeah. Um, there's a mentor and a helper, which I guess goes about being Phil, Phil and as Pegasus. Well. Yeah, yep. Pegasus comes along as that well. That would be the helper. Then there's challenges and obstacles along the way um, where they have those trials, which would be all of the fights that he has with the monsters. Mm -hmm. um, and he has varying degrees of success there. Then there's an abyss. So there's a death or a rebirth. And I think we, in this movie, we see that he at, he gives away his powers to, um, what's his name, the bad guys? Hades. Um, in exchange for the chick's life. Um, oh, that would be later. I think that the the transformation, the abyss would be that he's going to give up his powers for 24 hours. Yeah, that's, that's what right. I would yeah, say sorry. it would be that, at yeah. that point. Yeah. Um, because... But that was to make her safe, yeah? Yeah, so, to, yeah, so yeah, on the proviso that Meg wouldn't get hurt. Yeah, that's right. So there's an abyss, there's like no coming back from that. You know, mm -hmm. he, he has to make this decision where the, you can't go back to what it was before. It's like a step into the unknown. There's a transformation part there where he becomes better for it in some way. So, Would you say that that would be his um, fighting even though he doesn't have yeah. his powers? Yeah, so fighting knowing that he could lose. Yeah, he's probably like, going to lose. Yeah, yeah. probably going to lose <laughs> is that, that moment of um, transformation. There's an atonement there where I think probably that involves Meg as well. That would um, be the take me in exchange for Yeah, me. it's that exchange of lives or, you know. And then so that it happens in two ways. She does it for him and then he does it for her when he mm -hmm. goes into the afterlife trying to, to sort of um, get, her back. get her back. And he almost dies, mm -hmm. uh, almost dies. Um, but there's a he's used the trick there because he's aware that he is... Um, you know, a god now. He's I don't think that he went powers. in there knowing no. that he was going to become no. a god. He was just willing to sacrifice himself for her. I think, yeah, when I was... I, I don't know. I, okay, I get Okay, I get that. <laughs> I, was... I felt like it was... I felt like he was... He was. He had some knowledge of it. Um, I think, like, I was, I was wondering this as well. But he didn't necessarily know that it would save him. But he was yeah. going to do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I was, no, that's okay. I was reflecting on this as well as to, like, what about him saving Meg was different to him saving all those other people like what about this particular thing is the one that turns him into the hero and mm. i think inherent is that is him not assuming he's going to make it out yeah. yeah and i think that that is the kind of the heroic act that separates this instance of heroism from every other time he saved thebes or saved people mm -hmm. um in that the stakes were much higher for this one mm. for him personally for him personally yeah. and he had to actually be heroic in a way that would mean sacrificing everything if you lost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you know what? I think you've both changed my mind. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I see that now. Fantastic. Yeah. And we're done. Thank no, you, uh, everyone. Yeah. For... <laughs> yes, we can finish the podcast now. You've got me. Um, the last part of it is the return. And, of course, he does get to return. He, he So there's two parts of it. He, he gets to return to Mount Olympus as the hero. He's now a god. But... He also decides that he wants to return to Earth with Meg because Meg can't stay with him in Mount Olympus. Mm -hmm. He'd rather be with Meg than with without her at all. 
and his parents approve. So that's uh, you know bonus. Uh, Lucky for him. <laughs> After yeah, all so this time, they're, they're just like, and, yeah, right, no worries. So okay, the, no. the funny thing about this diagram too, it's organised in a circle, so. You know, it, it comes full circle. Yeah. yeah. So then there would be another call to adventure after that at some point. That's that'd be Hercules number two, wouldn't it? I'm sure there there is the Her- there is a Hercules um, animated series. Yeah. That would have been on Saturday Disney back in the day, mm. and I think there is a there is a second movie. I'm pretty sure as well that one of those you know 90s director director video extravaganzas. Um, but that pretty much sums up the story of <laughs> the story of the movie really well. So, do we yeah. want to talk about the the different characters? Oh, for sure. That we have all the music. What do you want to start with? Up to you. You're the hostess. <laughs> okay. Um, well, let's talk about the different characters then. So we have Hercules, um, who we see transform from a sort of young, gangly teenager who's yeah. still got this super strength. So we, we skip over a whole lot of Herc's life. We we get him. There's a couple of time hops. Yeah. Yeah, we get him when he's a baby, um, and he's showing that strong super strength at that point as well. And then we see the um, pain and panic go to turn him into a, a mortal so that they can kill him so it doesn't muck up Hades' grand plan of taking back over Mount Olympus. Mm. But he doesn't drink the whole drop of the po- all the whole potion. He leaves one drop, and so he maintains his super strength. And then I wonder what every other drop took away from him if that was like yeah. <laughs> the last, last thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how powerful he must have been. Before. Yeah. yeah, that very last drop. Um, but it does mean that he is technically mortal and he could yeah. be killed mm. if he didn't. I think that's the thing we like about Hercules as a character is that yeah, he's mortal but he's got those powers. Mm-hmm. You know. Now I don't know a great deal about. The actual story. I probably should have looked up the actual story of Hercules. So I don't know how much creative license Disney has taken a with lot. this. All right, they took a lot. All right, is that was probably one of the other critiques of the movie that so Hades had. Hades isn't a, the bad guy at all in the mm-hmm. myth. Hera is the bad guy. Hera mm. is Hercules' mother. I don't remember why, but essentially all of the bad stuff that happens in the Disney version. Hera does in the myth, not Hades. Hades is just like chilling in the underworld. Yeah, he's married. He's happy. He likes his job. Yeah, yeah. And um, but yeah. So from my memory, and I don't know if this is true because I don't know if you would have watched or our lovely listeners would have watched way back in like the late nineties as well. There must have been like a Hercules thing happening because there was a Hercules live action like TV series. Yeah, um, Yeah, Kevin Sorbo as Hercules, and all I remember (laughs) from that is that he was a hunk. Well, he looked quite similar to this Hercules, actually, but um, he. All I remember from that is that Hercules. Uh, Hera was not Hercules' mother in that, so Zeus had had a baby with a mortal, and yeah, Hercules maybe. was the, the product of that. That so, would make sense in, like, the Grecian. So Hera revenge. was not happy because yeah, so she right. was always yeah. trying to kill him yeah, yeah. <laughs> because she. Um, she was angst, you know. She was jealous yeah, yeah. of this this yep. baby that Zeus had produced with this other yeah. person. Because in all these Greek myths, these gods got around and had lots yes. of half yeah. god, yes. half mortal mm. children. Hercules yeah. in the mythology also had four wives. Oh sure, Megara was the first, and I think she died young, but I can't remember how. But like these, the way that he meets his. The way that he meets Meg in the movie is how he meets one of his wives, but not Meg. But not Meg. Mm, not right. Meg. They've just, like, picked that storyline. Yeah. yeah. Or, like, saving her from the centaur, whatever it is. Centaur-looking thing. Yeah. yeah. There you go. 
A river guardian. That's yes, what they called. The that's what guardian. they called. Um, called him in the movie, the river guardian. Talking about like Hercules's life phases. <laughs> I know yeah. that I've been, I actually didn't write down many notes for this because I was having such a good time watching it that I didn't really want to keep stopping and starting. But I just have written down that Hercules accepted that he was a hero slash god very quickly, given that five minutes beforehand he would accidentally demolish the entire agora. <laughs> like, you know, from like knocking yeah. everything down, can't can't you know being gangly and awkward and just destructive Bumbly. accidentally, and then he goes and speaks to Zeus and was immediately like, "Well, this makes sense." Yeah. Whereas well, I was... Zeus told him. Well, I know, <laughs> but I'm also like, at no point was he like, "Oh, but why then am I? Why am I so like?" Like clumsy. Yeah. He was just like, oh, of course I'm a god. Because the main character is always clumsy. It just happens that the main character is a boy in this movie. Well, but usually true. the clumsy main character is a girl. Yeah. Um, well, um, I wrote down that um, Herc has big calves. He did not skip leg day. It sort of looks, it looks really odd. Size. Yeah, it yeah. looks really odd. Yeah, you know, that's really funny. Yeah, because usually that's the girl who's bumbling. Yeah. Um, and that actually links up with one of our other observations of um, the, one of the songs when Hercules has his... Uh, we, we, so we call his ingenue it, song. We call it a man-genue. His man <laughs> His yeah. man-ingenue song. Go the song. distance. <laughs> he's a man-genue. His man-genue song. Yeah. Well, it's his I want song. The hero it is. always yeah. has. And I suppose if you think about Hercules was sort of nestled in between a lot of princess movies at this mm. point. I, I mean, I suppose Aladdin's not a princess movie. No. But we had Beauty and the Beast and, mm. and The Little Mermaid around this time as well. So, You know what was interesting to me about that early stage of Hercules' life when he knocks down that big... What do you call it? The Agora. Agora. There's also that part where um, the the other boys don't want to play with him because he's too strong. Yeah. And, you know, usually in a movie like that, there's where they're an outcast. There's usually some kind of moment where they're not an outcast anymore, like they get accepted. And mm-hmm. Does it happen in this movie? Yeah, so after he defeats the Hydra, yeah, when he... that would be his um, big acceptance because that's when he I gets know that's all when the... the Yeah, I know that's when the people kind of accept him, yeah. but not the boys personally. The boys. The boys. That... Well, they've grown up a whole lot. He doesn't see them again after yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. We often say that in the other, other movies where yeah. the specific people who shun the main well, character the, usually The people of Thebes around. were not interested in him when he first got there because they've had a whole slew of heroes come through and none of them yeah. have been able to fix their, their problems. And then Hercules defeats the Hydra. That was one of the funny moments too when he's like, quit with the head chopping thing or whatever he says <laughs> at that time. At that point, I, when I when they did the Hydra part, I got a feeling they were using three D modeling for that. It looked there, really there computer was a, generated. There was a slight, yes, there was, there was a slight difference in mm-hmm. animation I it, style. I think it aged quite well, given that it was CGI and this was nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. Because I was watching it, I was quite impressed, and it did. It look was good, scary. Yeah, like, yeah, it yeah. like a scary. Because um, yeah, I, I think the other thing too was. Stuff. A lot of the other colorings of characters and that was quite flat. It almost looked like traditional cartoons, mm-hmm. whereas the Hydra had a lot more depth to the coloring. Mm. Um, and I think that's because of the computer animation. I think it's sort of... The Hydra was almost a bit reflective as well. It reminded me of, like, the first yeah. Toy Story movie. Yeah. That yeah. sort of... Um, yeah, that sort Synthetic. of reflective mm. sort of thing. Where it just looked out of place in the background of the movie that we were watching. Not badly, but you just noticed that it was different yeah. mm. compared to the rest of it. Mm. 
So we talked a bit about him being a kid, mm-hmm. and then we we he get we get another time hop, and he he's an adult, mm-hmm. and he starts to. That's sort of when Meg sort of comes into Because we have our we have the, our um, training montage. Training montage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah. love a good training montage. We love any montage. And then we once he becomes a man, basically becomes a man. He gets man problems, girl problems. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not. Well, he is a man, I suppose. He's only eighteen. Seventeen. Yeah, he yeah. hasn't turned eighteen yet. No. So. Because yeah. it's his 18th, was it his 18th birthday or whatever? Oh no, that's when the planets aligned. That's when the planets aligned. They said in 18 years the planets aligned. So oh yeah, he might be just, he over, just 18. over 18, just yeah. over at that point. Mm. But yeah, he has a big he has a big glow up in that time. Mm. Uh, what's your favorite song, Emily? In oh, the man. In the well, let's talk. About, so we've got the Gospel Truth yes. to start off with. We yes. have Go the Distance. Yes. Zero to Hero. I won't say I'm in love. Mm. Are there mm. more than that? There must be. And a star is born at the end. Oh, yeah, a star, star is, is born, born, of course. Yeah. Uh, um, no, I think that's it. Hades needs a song. Hades what? does need a song. <laughs> I feel like he needs, like, a, yeah. a soft shoe, like, tap style. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to think of a song to kind of... I'm imagining in Once More With Feeling. Oh, the, yeah. <laughs> what's his name? Song. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. We're talking about the, the Buffy musical episode yes. for those of you listening. <laughs> Is his name Swift? No. Something like that. I can't remember. But that's that's what I'm imagining, like something kind of smooth and... Yeah. Oh, and there's Phil's song as well. What's his... I'm, I'm singing it in my head. One Last Hope. Yeah, One Last Hope. That's the one. Yeah. Mm. So I know that you were a big fan as a kid of I Won't Say I'm In Love. Yes. That's probably my favourite to sing along to, but yeah. I think the the opening kind of three-parter of um, Gospel Truth yeah. is probably my favourite. Yeah. Like if I'm driving or something and that comes on, I'm just going to have a Is that on your playlist? Time. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. What's your favourite song, Brett? Oh, look, no, it's hard to say. I do like the way it starts at the very, yeah. very beginning. I think that that sets it up really well. Yeah, H- Hades should have had a song. We saw that. What was the other movie where Aladdin? Jafar doesn't have Jafar a song. doesn't have a song. Mm. Um, and also, it was Cruella Deville didn't have yeah, a song. Cruella in, doesn't have a song. And it's like most oh. of the villains don't. Maleficent doesn't have a song. No, she doesn't. But that's not. But really in Lo- a musical. Lion King, we get a really good one. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Well, um, we get be prepared in Lion King, which is and thank goodness we do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What a banger. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, well, you know, why wouldn't they just give them? Maybe James Woods can't sing, though they would have just got somebody else to sing it. Yeah. Because the singing voice of Aladdin is not the speaking voice of Aladdin. Perhaps the singing be- voice of Jasmine isn't the speaking voice of Jasmine. Yeah. No. Perhaps it's because the way that James Woods has kind of characterized Hades, which I really like is that you still get those kind of moments of evil, but it's not, it's still a light villain. Yeah. Mm. Like it's a fun villain. Whereas perhaps they were thinking if they give him a song, that'll be too fun and he won't be super believable as a villain. Yeah. And if you give him like mm. a really evil villain song, then it takes away from the character that he's been building about this like funny, you know, frantic, mm-hmm. hot headed mm. Hades. Mm. That would be my theory. Yeah. I would. I was think watching this, thinking how much money I would pay to see this on a stage. There is a yeah. musical um, version of it. I was reading. Uh, it's not coming to. It's not coming to Broadway yet. But there is a staged version. Really? Of this. Yeah, there is. And I think that it's. Uh, they started it in like. 
they started about four or four or five years ago and then COVID of course hit and everything stopped for a while but I think it's due to open off Broadway or somewhere like Chicago or something at one of their big Mm. theatres late this year or early next year that's so exciting I did I did look it up if you're in Chicago and I've completely got the place wrong I probably (laughs) do but it is like a major city yeah where it's where it's due to open um and Yes, Disney has signed off on a staged version of this. It like movie. you have to, yeah. and then Hades could get a song. True, Hades need, would get a song. They, this movie is surprisingly short. Like it felt, yeah. it went so quickly, and so they would need to like really pad it out with some more music. If it was going to be a musical, if it's yes. going to be on the stage, so <laughs> yeah. give Hades a song. Well, there's only what when we just went through. There's only about five songs. Hades would need a song. The Fates would need a song. Yep, Hercules would get another one. Surely there'd be like a gods song, like introducing yeah. all the gods. Like, oh, we yeah. are the daughters yeah. of Titan. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's it. Um, but yeah, so that would be the on. Pain and Panic song. would have yeah. a song. Yeah, yeah. They would reprise yeah. throughout the whole thing yes. every time they every did time something. They, yeah. Yeah. Every time they did something. Disney just hire us. To yeah, we could do this. it. We could do it. Um, then, then we'd probably have a lot more um, reprises of the gospel truth as well throughout. Yes, yeah. for sure. Throughout yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Hercules would have another song. He'd probably have another three songs yeah. <laughs> throughout the. Phil movie. would need another one. Yep. Like the moment that like Phil realizes that Hercules is going to fail and have having to like reckon with those emotions that he's yeah. failed again. He'd reprise one last hope, but it would be sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sad. <laughs> minor key and then it would be really slowed right down and it would be one last hope again but maybe one lost hope stop it i'm a genius (laughs) why are we podcasting why are we not working in musicals because i can't write music i'm an ideas i don't know how to actually get it out yeah that's great the titans would probably have a song as well it would be yeah it would be it would be great we should um Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever it is, let's go and let's see it. Mm. Herc and Meg would have a duet, of course. Mm-hmm, definitely. A, um, falling in love duet. Yep. Yes. And um, and and part of her song would be, um, you know, that kind of falling in love, but I'm actually, um, you know, under Hades' thumb, doing something underhanded. What am I to do? <gasps> what movie were we watching? Or maybe it's just in my head. That not the movie that's in my head, but maybe I've had this conversation in my head, where there was critical criticism. That's the worst <laughs> thing to say. Really, there was what other critical kind of criticism, criticism is there? Um, of the movie because it wasn't historically accurate to the source material? I feel like there was something recently. I know that Alice in Wonderland got a lot of flack mm. when that came out as well because that mm. was not completely accurate to the source material. Um, yeah. But was there something recently? Oh. Not, Something that came up recently. Not like Winnie the Pooh, no. No. Um, because I think that that was probably one of the, the biggest criticisms of this movie was the historical Well, it's an stuff. interesting thing because one thing we've observed is that over the years, Disney, I don't know whether it's whether they've, you know, deliberately done this, but they, te- they tend to not get too caught up in religious stories Mm -hmm. like religion is part of the context often like you know in things like the hunchback where it happens in a church the church is religious you know so it's part of it but it's not like the focus it's not like they're exploring a a story from the bible um this is sort of an interesting one where they're, they're taking that you know greek mythology in some respects is you know is akin to a religion Mm -hmm. you know so they're taking that and they're 
putting their own spin on it. And I just think that's really interesting because they are obviously they're gods, you know. It's it's a a religious context. Yeah. But they're putting their own their own spin on it. It is a very lovely way of depicting the Greek gods because if you know mm. anything about Greek mythology, it's not It's pretty pleasant. harsh. No, it's, no. <laughs> no there's no. lots of awful pretty things that happen. The gods Real are not bad. nice. No. Like Hades is the one depicted as being the bad the bad one. Yep. But they were all bad. Yes. They all did awful things. Well, that was you know an interesting part Particularly of it is Zeus. That, is that they were far more human than other gods of other religions are yeah you know other gods and other religions are much more omnipotent or powerful or seeing or knowing whereas these gods had human fallacies human frailties you know Mm -hmm. and yeah so we see them act in very human ways even though they are gods i think it's pretty interesting that the baby their baby is taken from them taken down to earth now zeus could see this he knows where he is. It's a bit of a pothole. <laughs> like, yeah. he knows like, where he is, and at no point does he think, I might just let him know. Yeah. Or, or the, the parents, these two people that are taking care of him, I don't remember what their names are, they do say it in the, in the movie. At no point does he, like, appear to them and say, um, guys, just, just you know, BT dubs. The reason why this kid has got super strength is that he's actually a god. Or he was at one point, and mm. he's sort of half god now. Or he's yeah. one drop god. Yeah. One less drop god. <laughs> but, like, it's just, uh, yeah, it's a bit... A drop god, but not a drop Like kid. I feel like Zeus just gave up real fast. <laughs> he was so busy. Busy throwing thunderbolts around. Yeah, I suppose. And they only depicted him with one wife. He probably had many. But the other but thing anyway. is, as well, it's like even with the um, Titans coming yeah. back and coming to Mount Olympus... Wouldn't they have seen, like, as soon as Hades let them out, wouldn't the gods have been like, hmm, something seems amiss here? Zeus like, was like the last to know. They were at <laughs> Olympus, they were knocking on the pearly gates before they went, oh, hang on a sec, the Titans are here. Yeah. Like, how did they get out? It's just, yeah, there's a. There's a yeah, yeah I don't strange. know enough about Greek mythology, but perhaps, like, going back to what Brett was saying earlier about the Greek gods not being, like, all-seeing or not all-knowing. Maybe we're assuming that they are all-seeing, all-knowing, but they just, they're not. Like, they're just they, chilling on Mount Olympus. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. They, they are just like, well, Hercules is gone now. Let's oh, well. just yeah. continue to live our lives. And then it's not until they later send that out they realise. search parties. No. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? It's a bit of a, a pothole that they just gloss over. If anybody is uh, knowledgeable about Greek mythology and knows the answer to all these questions <laughs> that we're bringing up, all my knowledge send us a DM. <laughs> all my knowledge about Greek mythology comes from this movie and the Percy Jackson books, and that's all I know yeah. <laughs> about it. Yeah. I read Oedipus in high school. Oh, that's true, but that's not really. Yeah, that's not the gods though. No. Is that Thebes? Was Oedipus in Thebes? Yeah, it yeah. was. <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> enough. That's why they say all the bad stuff happens there. Yes. So all do you right. reckon in Greece they might have marketed this movie as Heracles? You know how Zootopia had different names depending on where Maybe. it was being marketed? I didn't, I didn't find anything in my research that would suggest that it had different names in different places, but it's possible. You don't really see any Hercules representation at the parks either. At the Disney yeah. parks. You don't. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so there's there's no meet and greets with yeah. Hercules or you, Hades. You do see at the villains um, at Halloween, like yeah. the villains parade. You do see Hades, but there is no. Do you think that's because Hercules's personality is a bit beige? 
Like, he's lovely. Like, Meg. We don't see yeah. Meg either. Meg is underrepresented. Yeah. She should definitely be around. But, like, Hades is so... Like, that's a really fun personality to interact with at a park. Yeah. Whereas, like, what are you going to do? Hercules is, like, the nice version of Gaston. That's yeah. true. I suppose, but Hades um, at the parks isn't a character that you can talk to. He's, like, a full-suited character, oh. like a Woody or a Buzz Lightyear or something. It that's was, a shame, because he yeah. would be fun to interact with at None the of the villains... None of the villains except, I think there's um, Cruella, uh, the evil queen. They're the two, uh, Maleficent as well. They're the three mm. that are face characters that you can talk to. Oh, and Lady Tremaine, Cinderella's yeah, stepmother. Yeah. But the others, um, the Queen of Hearts. Lady Tremaine is a random one. Yeah. Why would they choose her? Well, because and she's not, like, an actual a Mother person. Gothel or something like that. Yeah, you don't see Mother Gothel either. Yeah. Mm. That's interesting. I didn't think Why of that. Why Lady Tremaine? Because she, she comes is, out like, with the stepsisters. And, like strokes a cat in the movie. Well, she but she comes out with the stepsisters, sure, gotcha. and they're the real ones that you okay. sort of get the interactions out of. But yeah, so Hades Jafar even is not a, a mm. character you can talk what about to. He's a full character. She's but, you can talk to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, but yeah, maybe it's because they are the the characters that look most like people that you can face character oh, yeah dress up as them and they yeah. look realistically they look they're like plausible the, yeah like the character yeah. in the movie yeah. yeah whereas you know hades would need all sorts of prosthetics and, yeah that's true and even um the queen of hearts is so mm. much a yeah. caricature that i don't think you could get a yeah that's a realistic version of them mm. Mm. It, but uh, even like at the at the parks there's no hercules ride or no. or hercules you know, castle. There's lots of other castles nah. and stuff. For Do you know what and... could be fun? Go. Now that we're brainstorming, let's <laughs> Disney more money. Now that we've um, come we've up with ideas, musical. we've yeah. written the musical. We've now. The musical. <laughs> yes. So now we're going to transition to the parks. Is that, you know how, I'm not sure which Disney park has it, but you can speak to the turtle. Crush. Crush. That's an Epcot. You can speak yeah. to Crush and he responds in real time. Yeah. Imagine being able to speak to Hades and just get roasted the entire time. Stop it. That would be fun. <laughs> Just be able to go and speak to like a virtual version of Hades yeah. and get roasted and like if you say something to make him angry he like explodes and stuff. <laughs> that would be good. That yeah. would be fun. Yep. Um, but even like Epcot would be a perfect place to put it because you, uh, there isn't a Greece section at Epcot though. But if they had a Greece section in they the should. Um, that yeah. would be so cool. Then that would be the perfect spot like to put Hercules. Greek ruins. Yeah. Build the Parthenon or something. Is it Parthenon? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, you could put the you know, the other thing. Well, I can't think of even thing. Just, even, even <laughs> yeah. just have like a Hercules themed merry-go-round with the Pegasus that you could sit on Aww, or something. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, like anything to something. Come on, Disney, get to it. <laughs> well, underrepresented. Yeah, underrepresented. This movie wasn't the big blockbuster financial success that a lot of the other movies were at that time, though. Yeah. I'm um, going to put that. So I was Googling the order of in which case, yeah. in which um, this came out. And it came out after, I think, Pocahontas and Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah. Mm. So, like, I think had it not been on the tail end of those two, it would have done better. Yeah. But it's like they had two real sad, heavy movies. Yeah. And then they just kind of chucked Hercules on the end as, like, a damage control kind mm. of thing. Yeah. Well, Pocahontas made a lot of money. Hunchback, I don't think, did. I think mm. that Hunchback was one of the more financial um, low points of the Disney Renaissance. Um, but then Hercules came and Tarzan came after Hercules. Mm. So 
I think I said Lilo and Stitch earlier. Lilo and Stitch, I don't think, was part of the Disney Renaissance. I think that came after. But you know what mm. was? Rescuers Down Under, which, <laughs> which made no money. Yeah. <laughs> I would Straight also, to VHS. <laughs> I would also probably argue that the reason that this isn't isn't as successful as what um, people expected it is because so many of the jokes are grown-up jokes. Mm. They're not kid jokes. No. Like, yeah. I was laughing this the whole time, and, and that would totally fly over a kid's head. I think that's why I like this movie so much is that as you age, you understand more of the jokes instead of being kind of so used to what's going on. Mm -hmm. Mm. You know, um, I'm just going to jump in because I get the sense we're kind of getting close to wrap up time. Mm -hmm. There's one thing we haven't mentioned. Go on. Tobacco depictions. What were the tobacco depictions? I don't know. I think was Phil smoking a cigar at the start or something? I feel like he might have been. (laughs) Seems like something. Something gruff like that. Does Hades smoke a cigar at one point as well? Yeah, maybe. I have to. Don't know. I don't but know. we noticed it on it the on the in the credits of the, uh, the start. Yeah. yeah, which we we always find is a really funny thing. They all did it this, but we'll still smoking. You could still smoke in a shopping centre. And it's in like, <laughs> and obviously it was barely noticeable if we if we can't remember what no. it was. You know, it blows. It wasn't my... like those little boys in um doing smoking and drinking beers in Pinocchio. In Pinocchio, <laughs> like <laughs> it blows my mind. This is nineteen ninety seven when this movie came out. You could still smoke in a restaurant. There was yeah. like a smoking and non smoking section, like it wasn't all the same room <laughs> that yeah. people were sitting in. You could probably smoke in Disneyland at this point. I'm, I'm sure you probably could. You still can smoke. Oh. Well, Actually, I don't know. When I was there in like the mid, I don't know, two thousand and ten, like in twenty fourteen, I reckon you could still smoke in the parks, but they had designated smoking wow. spots that were, you know, in out, certain out areas. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you can still smoke in the parks anymore. I don't think you can. Surely not. Mm. Surely not. If you if you know the answer to that question, slide into our DMs and let us know. It'll probably take two seconds of me Googling to find nah. it out, but I'm <laughs> not going to do that. Um, all right, so, Emmy. Yes. How many uh, Thunderbolts would you give this oh, movie? Oh. Lightning bolts. Out of how many? What's ten. This, this out of ten. Out of ten. Maybe that's why Lizzie McGuire Because yeah. I scored out of five. <laughs> no, it's just not a good film. Um, <laughs> I would give this... I would... Can we go half points? Half a thunderbolt? Yeah, you can have half a thunderbolt. I would go seven and a half thunderbolts. Okay, nice. For any reason? Because I think it's worthy of seven and a half thunderbolts. Excellent. All right. Honey. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) How many Hercules medallions would you give it? Um, Baby, baby Herc medallions. I'm going to go Seven. Seven. I think that it's a good solid. It's a good solid one. I think that this is a. It's a movie that still holds up now. Yes. The songs are excellent. Yes. Um, <laughs> Emily's in agreement with everything. <laughs> um, it's just yeah, it's a really good one, and I never understood. I still don't no, really I understand don't why people didn't like it. Like, why do you didn't not do have a well? sense of humor? <laughs> do you, you not like fun? Right? If you don't like funny things, you can just say yeah, that. If you're boring, you can mm, just right? say that. Yeah. No, I love it. Um, no, seven. It was good. I mean, it's not Frozen, <laughs> but it's it's good. It's a good light-hearted romp yes. through ancient Greece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Brett, then, yes. How many air herc pairs of sandals <laughs> would you give this movie? I'm gonna go a bit higher than that. I'm gonna go an eight. An eight. Yeah. yeah. Eight herc herc sandals. Air hercs. Yeah. So what does that come out as? Oh, I don't know. So seven and a half? Yeah, uh, seven, seven and, and a half, half average. Seven point five. <laughs> well, look, is a Thunderbolt the same scale rating as a Herc Medallion? It's really well, hard that, to figure these things out. That's a really good question. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 
And that puts it up around the same as other movies like Mulan, High School Musical, Wreck-It Ralph, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Emperor Strikes Back and Tarzan. Oh, well, well done. Yeah, so it probably probably fits in there quite well. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. awesome. Yeah, and we said that about Hunchback came out the year before. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I would definitely put it on par with that. I might have rated it higher if there was more music. (laughs) If Hades had a song. If Hades had a song, it would have have changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. Phil sang one lost hope really sadly <laughs> when he thought that Hercules was going to die. Which Phil? Phil Collins or? <laughs> Either. I did, I did get a little bit misty eyed at the end when the um, person in the crowd was like, that's Phil's boy. Oh yeah, that's him. <laughs> that is Phil's boy. <laughs> it's just the best part of the whole movie. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everyone so much for tuning in. If you would like to hear more of Miss Emily Rose, you can tune in to our uh, episode on the Lizzie McGuire movie, Sing to Me Paolo, which was episode 27 of Presenting Pixie Dust. We love having you on the show, Emmy. Thanks I love for coming back. Here. Yeah, yeah. Of um, so Emily's going to be back around Halloween time to yes. talk about another one of our childhood favourites. Should we keep it under wraps? We're going to keep it under wraps. Yeah. Um, there might be a third sister present at that conversation too, but we'll we'll get to that if we get to that. <laughs> uh, but Emily will definitely be back later yes. on this year to talk about a Halloween favourite. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, very... Spoopy. Just leaving those breadcrumbs around. Um, you can... Where can people find you if they want to find you on the socials? That's a good question. So I draw a pretty good face every now and again. <laughs> yes, and Emily is an artist. You can find, among, among many other things, yeah. <laughs> um, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is emilyrose underscore car, sister of Elizabeth Carr. Uh-huh. And yeah, that's pretty much and it. And TikTok? You're on TikTok as well? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> Don't go to TikTok. Just come to Instagram. <laughs> All right. Um, Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. If you could go and subscribe and like and rate and review us, we would really appreciate it. It really does help people find the podcast. Uh, Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and we shall see you next time. Is that it? (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.